Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Beats, Brews, and Points of View podcast. I'm your host, Neil Richter, along with my co-host and podcast partner, E-Man Bates. The PIP, that is me, and we're here for episode 65, part two of our uh, best of the decade. Yes, sir. Last week, we... uh we ran, ran a little long, long so we were like, yeah, we better break this in <laughs> half because this thing is going to be about four hours long if we don't. So we are going to finish it up today. We got um, 12 more left to get to out of our 20 favorite of the decade. Um, the track that I just opened the podcast with is called Divorce by 070 Shake. And the reason I started with that one is because that is now going to be one of my favorite albums she, of this next decade. She okay <laughs> had one of the best rollout for me, by the way, of the new rollouts. We'll oh talk about God, that yeah. next week. Yeah, we're going to talk but about you the had, M and you Mac. Had three and monsters releases. 070 Shake was my favorite one, personally. Oh, man, I love it. It's like, so she is, uh, if you're not familiar with 070 Shake, she is a 22 year old girl from uh, New Jersey. And she has recently signed to Good Music, which is Kanye West's label. And I hope he doesn't fuck it up for her over there because, man, I really Kanye love her vision. Kanye hasn't fucked up a career yet. What are you talking yeah, about? I mean, I don't Kanye know. hasn't fucked up a career yet. I'm Besides talking about that whole rollout of, of 2018 was <laughs> not handled very well. But um, So 070 Shake, though, is um, young and new, and her album is fucking great. Actually, I, no, I'll take that back, Mr. Hudson. Well, yeah, I he also about messed up the whole the Nas album, the Tiana Taylor album. No, we're talking about like, careers. Like, no, I'm not talking about like career, career, upcoming saying, careers, not establishing the people. albums. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that later. We ain't got time for that. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So you should go check out that album. It's uh, the album is called uh, Modus Viviende. Um, she is super creative. the The production on that album is phenomenal. Uh, I like her lyrics. That track was called Divorce, by the way, that we started it off with. Real quick um, before we start this list off, I yeah. just want to let you know. Uh, 
We do have a website, just to get you guys know. I haven't really posted anything on it, but recently I wrote, finished an article for uh, Shouted uh, Commission. Yeah, Joe. For, yeah, uh, for his album Growing Up. I just wrote a review on it. You guys can go to uh, beatsandbrews.net. Uh, the link is there in the feed if you guys are watching live. I can po- We can post it like uh, when we do the episode and everything, too. So. And, but uh, to find all our episodes and yep. everything, you can actually, yeah, you know, is that where you're going yep, with it? Yep, yep, sure. <laughs> but yeah, to uh, find all our episodes, like all our past episodes, uh, there's links to our Spotify, our Apple Music, and our uh, SoundCloud if you guys want to go that route. So you can go on the tab. It would be uh, Beats, Brews, and Points of View tab on the BeatsandBrews.net website. Yeah, that's for all my aunts and uncles who are not too savvy with the technology thing who keep asking me how the... They get to our podcast. Yep. <laughs> That'll be a little bit easier also, for you guys. <laughs> I would like to show a uh, shout out to our Patreon. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to show a little love to our Patreon there, just to help us upgrade some stuff. Uh, we do we do appreciate everybody, and we will get shout outs. And then once we, uh, we're actually working on trying to get Beats and Brews coasters. Like, if you guys are familiar with the Beats and Brews logo, it has like the half beer, half record. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually working on trying to get some custom made coasters for you guys. So, if you guys donate to the Patreon, we'll definitely take a list on that and we'll, uh, we'll send some your way. Awesome. Yep. So, um, before we get back cracking on this list, um, which we left off with number 12, we are going to quickly get to the beer that we got for this week. And uh, that one is brought to you by Old Nation Brewery. Um, and it is called the Electric Brown Beer, which is an espresso bean double brown ale. If you guys are familiar with Old Nation, Old Nation is also the creator of literally the standard for New England IPAs, which I'm talking about the M43. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, the M43 is super popular around here. And this one looks like, man, that's a strong alcohol content. You got 8.1%, uh, 25 IBUs. Um, yeah. It's probably a delicious one. E Man's going to be the one tasting it today. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even. I'm just currently straight savage it, not even put it in a glass because I, I really don't feel like cleaning out the glasses right now. I'm, I'm going to keep it 100 with you guys. For but sure. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, a little bit of information about um, Old Brewing that you can that we uh, have here for you today is that it says at Old Nation we take pride in the old school brewing philosophies that may not look sexy on paper but make great beer. With the lessons this old or um, with lessons those old philosophies bring, uh, new perspective. Good brewing perspective is how we know to keep things that work and change things that don't. Uh, that's why here, even though the, the tastes and trends may change, we aren't afraid to change with them. What you can count on is that whatever Old Nation beer you drink, it will be the best example of whatever style it is. That's not because your buddy gave it a four point five bottle caps rating. On the app, (laughs) that's kind of funny because that's what we do, Uh, but because of those years learning fundamentals from uh, the best and years of experience in our professional exchanging of what did and did not work. Uh, Who do you sit around with at work and talk to about, uh, about doing things better? For Travis Fritz, that was Nate Risky. Uh, Travis and Nate have been in the breweries their entire adult lives, spent years learning from breweries better than them across the globe as tradesmen have done for ages. After being freed from the icy death grip of German education at the Technical University of Berlin in 2002, Travis found himself brewing all around his home state of Michigan in in multiple disciplines. Around the same time, Nate left the sunny confines of the University of California, Davis, the Harvard for food science programs, to brew through the long nights in Alaska. Whoa, 
damn Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh, I mean, pretty much the same. God, don't got to worry about chilling stuff there. That's one thing. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Their strengths lined up perfectly. Take a decade of working together. A rebellious "fuck you, I want the right way" attitude sprinkled in with a little uh, money from Travis, longtime business partner Rick Gershey, and the Old Nation Brewing Brewery was born. To be honest, it was hard as hell to come up with this kind of scratch needed to build yet another brewery in 2015 <clears throat> that would have the startup capacity rivaling the top 10 breweries in Michigan at the time. This was all or nothing plan and Rick had the faith to pony up the dough. We decided to put our brewery in, uh, in the sleepy little hamlet of Williamston because we love small towns where we can make a big impact. We know about our new hometown already because Travis's mom taught high school in Williamston and he was from around here. Now we couldn't imagine being anywhere without, uh, or be, wow. <laughs> couldn't imagine yep, being anywhere without Williamston, Michigan. <laughs> we love our regulars and love how accessible we are to those folks who live here from, uh, from the U S one twenty seven. And they go on to kind of blabber about more stuff, but um, that's about all I'm going to read to you because that's all the important stuff. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. So for Electric Brown, uh, we have a double, like Neil said, the double imperial uh, brown ale. Uh, a little bit of history about it. Named in memory of Rob Brown, our dearly missed engineer slash general problem solver here at Old Nation. This aggressive double brown ale is fresh coffee beans with a uh, huge espresso aroma and flavor. Light and sweet. I will be the one to taste this one today. Am I going to finish it? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just find While we do track. that, we should probably get uh, get our list queued up, too. Yep, I've got my list already pulled up, so we should be good there for mine, at least. Um, let's see. Ron Artist in the Truth Live is what I was looking for. Uh, yes, all right, I got it. And so I got to shout out my friend Melanie for this one because she is the one that told me about this next artist that I'm going to play for you while E-Man is having a tr- taste of the beer. Um, this artist is super, super dope. As soon as she sent to me and I watched uh, a live video of him playing, I was like, oh man, this shit is awesome. It's on some like Gary Clark Jr. type shit. Uh, some real soulful, bluesy rock and roll music. Um, his name is Ron Artist. His band is called The Truth, Ron Artist and The Truth. Um, and the song that I'm going to play you is a live version of the song called The Truth. Um, that I really, that was the one that stuck out the most for me when I was listening to a lot of his material. So, here is a little bit of that while we are sipping the beer. What you mean? It can be two different things, and I ain't got no time to waste. Should we take it all time? Ayo. Ain't no friend of mine. Yeah. Planting a seed, you wanna take it from me? Set it free, put some chains on me. Say that nothing wrong, but you know I don't play no Yeah. Before I preach it, we get a fool. To get the truth, so we gotta keep praying. Come on, you wanna find the truth? Can you get on up? Can you get on up? Can you get on up? 
That's a little taste of the truth. Um, if you're interested in checking out that live album, it's actually called Live at the Belly Up. It's um, Ron Artist and the Truth is the name of it. It's spelled uh, Ron is how it sounds. And Artist is A-R-T-I-S. Is that W-A-R-N for Ron? No, just Ron. <laughs> <laughs> just Ron. <laughs> uh, but yeah. He uh, is phenomenal, and I really want to see him live because he is fucking awesome at guitar. So, yep, that was that, and uh, now we can, well, how did you like the beer? Real quick with the beer. Okay, so we don't have much time to really talk about it in detail, but I'll give you guys a quick breakdown on it. Uh, very, like, very like, carbonated, like, full, like, mouthfeel, pause, I, but that's the proper <laughs> term for it. Uh, very, like, malty, like, rich flavor to it, kind of kind of sweet, not too overpowering, I didn't pour into a glass like I should have, so I probably can't come, you know, I can't really talk about the head on it, but <laughs> I'm going to assume by the carbonation, it probably has like a medium to like medium high head. Uh, it's a solid beer. Would I drink a whole pint of it? Probably not just because it's so rich and strong because, you yeah, know, right? it's an 8% boy. That's so, what it seemed yeah. like. Just by listening to the description, I'm like, yeah, yeah it's probably going to be one <laughs> of them dessert type beers. But um, yeah. So where we left off before was at um, position 12 um, in our list of the top 20. And just real quickly before that, I want to just mention um, that we are sending out our positive energy to Ozzy Osbourne, who we just read on the internet today was, uh, well, he's had it for, or been dealing with it for a little bit, but just went public with the fact that he has Parkinson's. And uh, that bums me out, man, because Ozzy's like Black Sabbath to me. I've talked about him a couple weeks ago. It was one of my something olds. I used Paranoid was one of my something olds. Um, Black Sabbath is like as cool as rock and roll music fucking sounds to me. Like I, that's like my definition of rock and roll right there. Um, it's just that real crunchy, deep grooves, man. I, the kind of dark lyrics. I've always kind of liked that about it too. Um, and and they just have songs like their albums just kind of play into each other and it just kind of you can just put it on to start and play it all the way through and it kind of flows together and that's my favorite kind of shit. So uh our thoughts are with Ozzy. Yeah. I hope he uh Oz, deals man, with this bro. well, man. But um yeah, do you want to start off with your 12 or you Wait want to start? Wait a minute. We oh, have up? an RIP oh, from yeah? my childhood and from every anime fan's childhood mm, here. Yeah. Uh, for girls you don't know, uh, for you fellow Dragon Ball Z fans out there, Bryce Armstrong was the narrator of Dragon Ball Z from, you know, if you're familiar with the Toonami era anime, like that's how, that's how most 90 kids introduction where I feel like if you're living in America was Toonami. Uh, he passed away actually this past week. Uh, he was 84 years old. Uh, yeah, all my heart can go out, to, you know, to his family. I definitely... 
love to hear the voice of next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I'm going to miss that voice, and I kind of want to go home and watch some Dragon Ball after this. It is but good, yeah. though, that he got to live a nice, full, successful he, life. So that's it. You can at least uh, be happy about that. You know, 84 years is uh, is a solid run at things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, rest in peace to him. Um, I was never a big anime guy, so I, I don't know a whole lot about him to I mean, add Dragon to Ball that, Z so. is probably the basic of an introduction to anime as you can get. For I, the yeah, most I part, remember yeah. my friends watching it and stuff. I just <laughs> never got into it when I was younger. I don't know. I was... I don't know what the hell I was into. It was so, probably something else. Yep, <laughs> music. He was a, yep, voice again you, and he was uh, the narrator on Dragon Ball. Oh, that's... Z. But yeah. So rest in peace to him. Um, and then, yeah, do you want me to start with uh, number 12, or do you want to start? One more uh, quick birthday. Happy birthday, Betty White. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's that was this past birthday. Week. Was she yeah. like 95 or something 90, like that? 94, 95, something around there. She's in her mid-90s. I forgot to check it, but I know it popped up, and I meant to talk about it. I always get but nervous yeah. when I see her trending on Twitter, because I'm like, oh, shit, is he, is, did Betty White die? I hope not. <laughs> so, but a good all thing right. it's just for her birthday instead. So. Oh, all right, <laughs> so let's get into these lists. Without further ado, uh, do you want to start, or do you want me to start? You can go ahead. All right, so uh, what did I leave off on? I believe I left off on number 11 12. for myself. No, my number 12 was watching movies with the sound off. So I think I got to, oh, so I got I to start 11. Then. Yeah. So, so you start. start. Yeah. Okay. So for me, cause, uh, E-Man just kind of, we both did ours a little bit differently. I couldn't do an order of mine. So as we said last week, I picked two from each year to make it a little bit more simpler on my, uh, overly complicated mind. <laughs> um, so I am down to 2015 on my list and my first one out of the year of 2015 is a band that I cannot wait for them to drop uh, their album here in a couple months. Uh, Tame Impala's Currents. Um, it's probably one of the albums I've listened to the most out of the last five years. I mean, I'm still listening to this album like it's new. It's so good. And at the time, it's such a great like uh, breakup album. And I think I was going through a breakup at the time that this was new. So I was playing this a shitload. <laughs> um, and it was kind of cool, too, because Currents for me was kind of... Um, a new direction for Tame Impala. They had really heavy, like guitar influenced rock sound going on before uh, this album, like with Lonerism and um, the self titled album. And then this one came along and it was, um, it was kind of a lot more into like synths and using a bunch of different, like real um, spaced out um, effects on his voice. And I really just gravitated toward this album. It's uh, their third studio album. It was released uh, July 15th of uh or july 17th of 2015 and it's on i guess they were on i didn't even know they're on interscope that's pretty interesting but um yeah kevin parker if you don't know tame impala is kind of the brainchild behind tame impala he writes records everything himself and then just kind of brings it to the band when it's time to go on tour um dan nora and i were lucky enough to see them at mopop over the summertime so that was a lot of fun we got to see a lot of these tunes played and I've seen them a few. T it's kind of crazy their uh, the trajectory they've gone in because the first time we saw them together, me, Nora, Dan, Stephanie Hall. Um, actually, I don't know if Dan was there, but we were at St. Andrews Hall, and that was like I can't probably like seven years ago. And now they're about to go on tour again, and they're playing Little Caesars Arena. So just goes to show you how big they've blown up. I know Kevin Parker. That's probably in part to do with. He's been doing a lot of producing behind the scenes. He did some songs for Kanye West. He did some songs for SZA. Um, I think that I read that he's producing a lot of SZA's next album, so that's pretty cool, too. Rihanna covered one of their songs on her last album, so that also uh, put their name up in the stratosphere because Rihanna is, you know, 
like god to people. <laughs> She's a super superstar, yeah, for sure. So that, that was my pick for um, my first of 2015, number 12. All right, so my number 11 pick, I uh, decided to go to 2011. One of my favorite collab albums, actually one of my favorite overall albums to come out, and I really wanted to part, even I know it's a long shot, I really want a part two to this album, Watch the Throne. Oh, I shit, to go with nice. That. Man, the Kanye West, Jay-Z collab album, this was such a good project, man, to start to finish. I mean, you lead off with the uh, the Frank Ocean, No Church in the Wild. Mm-hmm. Oh, that song's uh, so good. I mean, you obviously, you got the cla- like that classic song. Like, probably one of the best songs of the decade was Niggas in Paris. <laughs> Dude, no, remember they, when they were doing Lex that? Luther. <laughs> remember when they were doing it live? How they would uh, they would see by how Lex many Luger. times in a row they could do it. They would close out the concerts by doing that sh- song like literally ten times in a row until people just started leaving. <laughs> yeah, they did that, and then yeah, I remember what was a record like? I think they did like ten the, here. They did. I think they might have did that. Whatever it is, Travis Scott beat it with goosebumps. I remember that. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh my goodness! Tra- I remember. I remember hearing about that. Travis Scott did that because <laughs> he did this. He tried to beat that record with goosebumps, and they beat it in Cleveland or something like that. That's funny. Yeah, I, forgot, I forgot what the record was, but I remember hearing about when I happened. I think they did a lot of them in uh, New York City. I think they did like twelve versions or twelve back to back of that. I was like, Jesus, I would have left after like two. <laughs> but yeah, like this project, man, like uh, I just remember the first time I heard it, like Who Gonna Stop Me? It was like one of the hypest tracks I heard. It really is a brilliant album. album. That From start to finish, it's just so massively crafted. You know, you have Mike Dean all over. Mike mm-hmm. Dean, you know, who's famously working, he worked with Kanye West most of his career, who famously works with Travis Scott now. You got the Try uh, Little for, Tenderness, Otis Redding sample on uh, Otis. All, Otis oh Redding was all over this album. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> try Little Tenderness. <laughs> um, yeah, that is a great song, too. That vi- Doesn't that video have Aziz Ansari in it? Which one? Uh, Otis. Remember they're like racing around in the cars? I think Aziz Ansari is just like standing I don't standing remember there. it. I think he is. I think he's like leaning against he the car. He might be. <laughs> I, know, I know Aziz did a whole bit with like, you like, I'm with the Jigga Band right now. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so it, it's very possible because I know they're all cool. <laughs> yeah. So. Which I, I don't I I hope eventually that they can reconcile and Kanye gets his weird ass in check and starts putting out music with Jay Z again because that'd be awesome. I think everyone would love I to love see this that. Album, man. <laughs> I do too, Start man. To finish. What what year did you say that came out? Two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven, man. That's crazy. That's damn. Yeah, so I can't believe a, it's, it's almost, almost a decade. <laughs> that's almost crazy. A decade next year. That is super crazy. It's weird to think about two thousand eleven is almost a decade next I know. year. <laughs> that is weird. That's super weird. Um but anyways. For my second pick, I guess here, that's all you had on that, right? Yep. Okay. Um, for my second pick of 2015, um, this is probably one of the most brilliant hip hop albums ever made, in my personal opinion. Um, I went with Kid, or um, I'm sorry, To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Um, At first, I did love you. Which is crazy because he won the Pulitzer no, for Damn, right? Fuck. No, he won it for this. No, he won it for Pulitzer. Oh, no, no, no. He won it for that. He's in the Harvard Library for this. Yeah. That's what it was. He won the Pulitzer for Damn, but I think he could have easily won the Pulitzer for this because of the production, the lyrical content, the instrumentation of everyone that's playing on here. You got all these heavy hitting jazz cats. You got Thundercat on there. You got Terrace Martin on there. You got Robert Glasper on there. That's the first time I heard, like, I think Rhapsody on a track on um, on uh, Complexion. Um, it's just a really brilliant album. There's a lot of jazz influence in it, in the production. I think George Clinton's on a track, which is uh, like a nice little funky one. Um, but honestly, start to finish, this album just paints a really beautiful picture, and it's like really smart lyricism. Um, 
You had, let's see, you had Soundwave also was on there. Flying Lotus was on there. Pharrell was on there. Boy Wanda, Knowledge. I mean, all of some of my favorite um, producers in hip hop right now. Um, and that kind of led me to my love for people like uh, Thundercat and Terrace Martin and Robert Glasper. I've like really followed their careers quite a bit since this album came out. You had all kinds of big singles that came off it. Of. You had Black Blacker the Berry. You had King Kunta, All Right, These Walls. Those were all on the Billboard charts. Um, he won a Grammy for Best Rap Song, Best Rap Performance, Song of the Year, Best Rap Song Collaboration. So, I mean, he really killed it for this one. Um, and that was, I mean, I got to see him perform a lot of this live because I've seen Kendrick live a few times now. And it's just like his his stage presence now is so good he can rap he doesn't use those stupid ass backtracks he's just rapping his ass off up there fast as hell um yeah so i'm just really really proud of that album for him um and i cannot wait for this new one we me and e-man both read that it's, it's gonna be uh, rock a rock influence yeah rock yeah. influence which i think kendrick will do fucking great word because remember when he did that um the remix to that imagine dragon song and just killed oh it? yeah bury me alive bury <laughs> oh, me man. with pride that bury me with berries that so forbidden I, I fruit that cherry wine <laughs> so that i think kendrick could totally spaz on some rock records so i'm excited to hear that so that was my second pick for uh 2015 which would be at number 11 so we are finally at the top ten. Yes, with this pick. Yes, sir. For my for my next pick, I decided to go to uh, 2013 here. Neil. Mm-hmm. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> cigarettes on cigarettes. My mama think I stink. Acid I got her hose in my hoodies. I got. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to go with Chance the Rapper's Acid Rap for this pro- for this uh, number ten pick. Honestly, this is arguably one of my favorite mixtapes, period, mm-hmm. in general. And this is, like, it, I think it's an album. Uh, I mean, it's it technically a mixtape, but I it's mean, an album. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the only reason why I think it was one song didn't get clear, and it was uh, Juice, yeah. the lead single. Juice, that's the only juice, reason juice, I think that's juice. why it's classified as a mixtape, because that, sam- that sample never got cleared mm-hmm. for streaming services. But that's a whole different story. Anyway, uh, everything from the cover, just how confused Chance looks. Apparently, he was on acid when that filter was taken with a fan, and mm-hmm. then he you know, edited and shit like that. Uh, I'm such a big fan of this project, and I'm a big fan of Chance overall, I'm really happy to see where he's how big he's gotten, even though I was not a fan of the last album. I still didn't even listen to it. <laughs> oh man, it's a big day. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking long though. But, I mean, I, I went through it twice, but it's it, you know, sorry. Anyway, Chance but going back to this, man, dancing like with the Backstreet Boys. Coco, Coco Butter Kisses is one of my favorite tracks period of, de- of the decade. I love Juice. Uh the so- Smoke Again with Av Soul is dope. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm so Chance has one of the best ad libs because you just like one of the best voices in hip hop because you just know it's him. Mm -hmm. Like it's so distinct, and that's why I always like Chance. But yeah, this project was it was something else for me, man. And this is like overall one of my favorite mixtapes. I think I have one more mixtape that's higher on this album on the on this list for me, but this is one of my favorite of the decade, hands down. My favorite song on that album is the secret song and paranoia that comes after uh, what where's the do you have the track listing pulled up? Yep. It's, it comes after Pusher Man. It's like if you if you let Pusher Man run after like thirty seconds after it ends, it goes into paranoia, and that's like my favorite. I've been riding around with my gun on my hip, just blunt him. Oh man, that song is so good. Um, Everybody, somebody's everything. Yeah, and <laughs> not to mention when that came album came out, that totally fucked the rap game up because that was like 
people weren't making anything like that and and chance really like set a precedent of how successful you could be in independency um and a lot of artists started to see what he did with that and decided to start working on shit themselves too and putting out music independently we we've we've had this i'm not getting into this debate with oh, you no, right now Fuck and, and no. at that time he definitely <laughs> was at that time he definitely we're not was. we're not I'm, gonna get into that debate right now i'm not even arguing that i don't okay. think he's independent anymore but but at that time definitely let's say 100%. that for a different day for sure was, for sure <laughs> that conversation gets a little that, heated. that conversation <laughs> has gotten heated before about chances of independence but okay <laughs> all right but that that is my number 10th pick yeah uh, that's a great pick i love that album too i as much as i don't listen to chance anymore i would Definitely never have anything bad to say about that record. Um, so yeah, moving along, I am now into the 2014 mark, um, and I went with the second Run the Jewels project. RTJ2. Uh, RTJ2. I think which, that was on my uh, honorable mention list. Yeah, it I was. So, it yeah, yeah, it was. Yep. Fucking love that um, project. Run the Jewels to me is just like, it's super inspiring to me because both of these guys, Run Killer Mike and LP, were pushing 40 when they got together to start making this group and easily became the most poppin they've ever been in their careers um that's just a marriage that seemed to work we talked about it a little bit um uh, on 2012's rap music when that came out um that was a killer mike project but the whole thing was produced by lp and that's when they started to first work together and then they dropped to uh run the jewels one in 2013 and run the jewels two in 2000 14 here and then run of jewels 3 was what 2016 yeah i think they did it like 16 three, 17 I think it was like three years in a row I, I just because i know that song was on the black panther soundtrack so yeah, it was like yeah, what right. 2016 2017 something, yeah, like, something that. like that and, and then, then they're working on the new one right now rtj4 because lp just got married shout out to him last year so mm-hmm. that's the only reason why i was delayed but yeah yeah i'm excited for this man close your eyes and count the fuck that song <laughs> so oh you know what's crazy so rage against the machine is headlining coachella this year and so and also, uh, Run the Jewels is on the bill, and they're on the same day. So I'm wondering if Run the Jewels brings out Zach De La Roca and they do that Probably. Song I could see that happening. I tried to tweet that at LP to see if he would respond to me, but he didn't say anything. One of like, my <laughs> favorite things, too, before you go into like detailing the album, I yeah. just want to say, because you know how big of a Gears of War fan I am. Yeah. You know Killer Mike and LP are playable characters in Gears of War 4. They are? Yeah. <laughs> That's super cool, man. That's awesome. I, I mean, I just love... Me and E-Man are both big fans of Killer Mike. We both love... What was the um the show that we Trigger watched? Warning. Trigger Warning. Trigger Warning was great. Um, The first episode had... uh. LP on it, which is pretty funny. He's just eating all that food, right? Oh, when you try to do black-owned businesses, you try to keep the dollar in the black community. <laughs> yeah, it was super funny. But yeah, this album was really successful critically and um, on the Billboard charts for them. It debuted at number fifty on the Billboard charts. I don't think either or either of them had any albums on the Billboard charts previous to that. Um, Killer Mike was probably most notably known going into Run the Jewels for his verse on uh, the Whole World by Outkast. Um, and he's worked with Outkast forever, but yeah, this album was just awesome. And it's funny too, because when this album came out is when they also put out that parody album, Meow the Jewels. Remember oh, that? Meow, it was yeah, like with all, the cats. Like, cats productions. <laughs> 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 and uh, that was also on, that's when Fool's Gold was really popping Honestly, off they should have held that off and did it now with the fucking Cats movie coming out. <laughs> <laughs> that's when Fool's Gold Records was really popping too. Um, A-Track's label, he had Run the Jewels on there. He had Danny Brown at the time. That little so. beat of bass guy. Yes, sir. Yeah, that Kid Cudi. Yeah, shit, man. He did have a ton of them, so... Yeah, that's my um, number 10 pick at for the first pick of 2014. I'm going to start opening like shit with the ad-libs of all these artists. <laughs> I think I'm going to start doing that. The next one has, have any ad-libs? The next one had... Run the Jewels? I don't, think, I don't think they do. 
No, I don't think so, man. No, not Actually, really. Nothing, nothing like notable. But I mean, my next one does though. Yeah. Let's see. Do, Give me do, one do, second, because I gotta do, get, do, I gotta get the, do. gotta get the album facts pulled up real quick. <laughs> my next one, uh, will be the second time these guys have been mentioned on our lists. All right. So we were talking about how mixtapes were. Uh, that's kind of the trend for me right now. Just like I'm going by like mixtapes. So the thing I had Big Sean on here. I just talked about Acid Rap. This is my third and final mixtape. My favorite one of the decade. This is not a mixtape, is it? This was a mixtape. Wow, I didn't this even was know a mixtape. This was on Dad Piff. This was a mixtape. Wow, I did not know that. Neil's looking at my screen right now yep. before you guys even heard about yep, it. I am. <laughs> Neil. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Just the pitch shift, pretty motherfucker. motherfucker. <laughs> pretty flacco Jody. Live love ASAP is my number. Uh, Number ninth pick there. I really, really love this project so much, man. Like, start to finish. Like, this has such a great... <laughs> this shit was so dope. Like, especially because ASAP has, like, that down south, like, kind of, like, style to him. But he's from New York, so it really fucks people up with yeah. that. That plus he, like, has, like, kind of like that, you know, like that DJ screw influence from the oh, south. Sure. But, like, he has, like... ASAP Rocky probably has one of the best flows of hip-hop to me. I do love Fucking it. Fucking hands down. Like, yeah, he's great. My favorite line off of this was... uh. Couple A, B, C's, bad bitch, double D's, popping E. I don't give a F. Told you I'm a G. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what, was that, what year was that? Uh, this was 2011. 2011. Actually, yeah. I think, did I have that on my list at some point? It might have been one of my honorable mentions. I think I definitely remember saying something about that, but yeah. Yeah, no. At this, uh, man. Purple Swag, Peso, mm-hmm. Brand New Guy with Schoolboy Q, uh, Kissing Pink with ASAP Ferg, who ASAP Ferg, you know, is doing, he has his own major, major career right now, too. I like that. Uh, so is is the Purity Co- Ring on there? What's the one? No, that's on Danny Brown's album. Oh, that's Danny Brown. Yeah, that's Danny Brown. I'm thinking of the, uh, um, what is the song? Oh, used to know it had. I love this song too. It was like uh, that. Life's a, like a bitch. A bitch is like a hoe. Hoes are like money. Money comes and goes. Friends turn to foes. Coes can be fake. If you listen to your old head, dog, you'll be straight. I'm like, that's such a good life advice right there, but it's so dope. Man, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm always been a big fan of ASAP Rocky, and I'm really glad to see how big he's gotten to. Yeah, man. that's yeah. I, I yeah. can't. Every project he puts out is really unique too, production wise. So I think uh, ASAP's really. No, he, he's a original he was like a breath of fresh air just like from flow to just like the whole you know swag shit he got going on and that's like because it's not you you think of new york and you think of like you know like you're like a wu-tang type thing Mm -hmm. you think of like the biggie type flow you think of shit like that asap had chain shit Shit, (laughs) he did do the the wu-tang thing on there with one train he really did one train yeah that i mean that was kind of like an ode to it i believe because he he then brought that monster ass like that was on uh that was on this product. You had that was Kendrick, on album, you had Yellow yeah. Wolf, you had Action hey, Bronson, Joey, Joey you Badass, had Joey Danny Badass, Brown. Danny Bro- oh my god. Yeah. Who else was on that? It's on there, right? Uh it? that's not this different album. That's oh, that. Different that's album. Uh, Long Live ASAP. Just oh, Live Love ASAP. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah, you're right. Um but yeah, that shit was great too. One train. Oh my god. That song was crazy. That had like everybody big. Big Crit was on that too. Man, that song is crazy. But uh yeah, you got anything else for that one? Uh no. A space goes perp. Was, uh, we haven't, heard, we haven't heard. heard much from him recently, yeah. but yeah, I forgot he was on that uh, Purple Swag remix. Me too. Yeah. Um, so anyways, back over to me. Uh, my second pick for 2014 
Um, I think right. That's the second pick for it. Yeah. So my second pick for 2014 coming in at number nine. Are we on now or is it ten? Is that what was we that are on? That would be nine for me. Okay, so this would be number nine for me. Um, E-Man already mentioned them once um, for their newest album, and I'm going to be mentioning them now for their first album they did together, and that would be Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib oh, with Pinata. Um, I told you guys, I was late to the Freddie Gibbs party. Man. I really was. I remember hearing this song called The Ghetto by Freddie Gibbs. That was the first thing I ever heard from him, and it was like, I just f- immediately gravitated, gravitated towards it because he's got these real street lyrics but his flow is so smooth and in the pocket like he's just like sounds like water to me when he's when he's rapping it's just so good and pinata man then he got to he linked up with mad lib who's i think one of the most iconic legendary hip-hop producers of all time um we talked about him a little bit already when e-man brought up their newest album but he's been with jay dilla you know mf doom um, and he's actually been part of one of my favorite record labels ever, which is Stones Throw Records, who just puts out all like the weirdest artists and the most unique people. Um, and yeah, this album was crazy to me. That track with uh, Danny Brown on it is awesome. He's got Raekwon, Earl Sweatshirt, Danny Brown, Damo Genesis, Scarface, BJ the Chicago Kid, Ab Soul, Casey Veggies, Mac Miller. I mean, everyone was on this album and it was just like... Such a breath of fresh air. Um, I, I hope they continue to make albums together forever because it's like a perfect pairing, just like we were talking about Run the Jewels. When you find that that perfect one that just fits your style, it just works. Um, that's Freddie Gibbs and Madlib to me. So I hope they keep on uh, making more shit together. That album uh, reached uh, number 39 on the US Billboard charts, which is funny, though, because it's funny how this is when sales really just started to plummet, though, because <laughs> this sold like 9,000 copies in the first week. Which is kind of funny, but that still peaked at thirty nine. So that just goes to show you how how poorly records were selling around this time. But um, yeah, that that album is just phenomenal. So if you haven't heard that, Pinata is the name of the title, and it's Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. You should definitely go check that out. And that was my second pick of two thousand and fourteen at number nine. So I'm a little disappointed in myself. I looked the rest of my list. None of them have really cool ad libs after this. <laughs> Oh well. However, we got some dope music, but <laughs> no, no iconic ad libs. However, <laughs> uh, with that said, I'm gonna go with you guys my number eighth pick. Uh, decided to take it to Vietnam for this eighth pick. Uh, I'm gonna go J Cole's Born Center album. Oh shit! So this is actually I think the third album that was released that that crazy ass day where you had uh, Yeezus and Watch Movies with the Sound Off. Oh and yeah, then this right. was the third was. album that you're came right. out. Yeah, it was. Man, okay, so this is one of my favorite J. Cole albums, period. Definitely, you know, obviously cracks my top 10 of the decade. Uh, Coming out at June 18th, 2013. I had the lead single off of there, which was uh, Power Trip. When I had that uh, Miguel like feature oh, on it, yeah, it got me song. up all night. Yeah. Then you had Crooked Smile with Missy Elliott. Uh, she knows on there. I mean, this album was fucking just fire. That's man. The fir- is that the first time you heard Kendrick and this was, uh, him together? Because they got that track on there too. I was getting to that, Neil. I was asking. I was you. Getting, that's what I'm yes, asking you. But yes, it was. And I'm getting to that because that's actually a very important track for we to, which we're referring to Forbidden Fruit. Cause Forbidden like so the production Forbid uh Forbidden Fruit, you know, I have like that that me and my bitch take <laughs> yeah. a little trip. So that song, if you listen to the instrumental of that, if you play it in reverse, you have uh the product you have the beat for uh, neighbors by J. Cole. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Forbidden Fruit Reverse is the beat for neighbors. Oh, that's sweet. I never <laughs> even knew that. That's pretty cool. 
which is on uh you know what was that fucking for your eyes only yeah yeah bitches come in go, go you know that yeah. <laughs> but no uh overall this was actually this was actually my introduction to like really becoming a j cole fan because i mean he had sideline story which was cool but this was like friday the one night that was, was like, dope too friday night lights uh, uh the warm-up stuff mm-hmm. like that but this is like my introduction like yeah I, I really fuck with j cole on this because this is when he started like doing most of his production was yeah. was his album so yeah i mean this was great man just start to finish like let, let nas down on there mm-hmm. which was a great story because i think what was was he talking about work the workout when he was talking about that song he was like nas heard your single and he hate that shit he wondered why you yeah, made that shit was yeah. he talking about workout i think so i th- that would be my pick i don't know what the origin of that but I, that would be my song if nas heard it uh, a j cole song from like early days yeah that would be the one yeah and like sure. okay why'd you put that out J. Cole did something interesting. I saw him live around that time, too. It was actually the year before that. It was 2012 at Bonnaroo, and he did something I've never seen a rapper do live before. He covered two songs, and he did uh, Hell Mary by Tupac, and then he did Juicy by Biggie. It was crazy. I've never seen a rapper cover a song. He's like, he actually said it, too. He's like, these rock guys are covering each other's music all the time live, so why can't we do it? And then he did those back-to-back. I was like, damn, J. Cole. I would awesome. do some shit like that. That'd be dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually kind of cool. But yeah, I really like the album. I like the message of the album, too. Just and just all in general like it's one of my favorite projects like i can go back and listen to it like she knows i actually have on like rotation probably weekly uh certified platinum as of december 2016 went on to sell seven seven hundred ninety six thousand units jesus christ um is that the album where he started doing his all the production himself? Yeah. That's the one? Yeah, that okay. was the one. That's why I like this more than like say like a sideline story or something like yeah. that. But yeah. Uh I'm a big fan of it and I obviously J Cole has taken it to a whole his career to a whole nother heights. He's gotten so good over the last <laughs> few years, man. Like his he bodied 2018. To me he won 2018. He was on like like he KOD came out that year and he had like a feature on pretty much everyone who was anyone's album in 2018. He, I mean, he just, and he, even into 2019, he kept doing it because he went with the Dreamers album and it's crazy. I wonder if he's, he said he was taking a break, right? Uh, from features, I thought. Oh, was it just from features? I think it was from features. So he's probably sitting back writing an album again. I could see that. <laughs> probably so. Don't be surprised if you hear him uh, on my list one more time. <laughs> right? <the> I don't know. I'm trying to remember if I have him on my list anymore. He, he might be. I'm not sure. But um, anyways, over to me. I am now down to pick number nine, uh, right? Is that nine? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or no, eight. We're on eight now. Yep. Um, so eight. I am now in the year of two thousand and thirteen, and I went with um, "Random Access Memories" by Daft Punk. Um, uh, that the one they had the Grammy for? Oh yeah. Okay. This, That's uh, what this I album blew up huge for them. This album was a, it was a totally different style of music from Daft Punk because they basically made a disco album in two thousand thirteen. That was the one with Pharrell on it. Like it's Lucky, got Pharrell right? on it. Yeah. That's what got, I thought. I mean, you got a lot of different um, guests on there. You had Nile Rodgers, you had Paul Williams, you had Pharrell. I mean, you had Panda Bear, Julian Casablancas from The Strokes. You had legendary Giorgio Moroder. Wow, I cannot pronounce his name, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) And this album was just like super drum heavy, super synth heavy, like... And you know what's crazy to me is about this album and about Daft Punk is... All their when they sing, their vocals are obviously the robotic sound because that's their whole thing. But they somehow make robotic voices sound emotional to me, and I never understood how they did that so well. Like it's such a, it's like a perfect album in my opinion. I know a lot of like 
like super Daft Punk heads were not into it at first because it was like a totally different feel. It was a little bit like more subdued and more musical. Um, but man, I, I, I loved it because honestly, I was only a casual Daft Punk fan before that. I'd known like the hits and just seen stuff that people, I mean, DJs are always covering their shit live at different festivals and stuff. So I'd always seen their music around. I mean, Kanye made him pretty popular too when he did um, uh, Stronger, which was a Daft Punk beat. Um, but yeah, this, this shit was great. It sounds like it came out of like the 70s or the 80s. Um, those guys are... They've done it right too. There are a couple of dudes from France that have always worn these helmets, right? So, like, I mean, their core fans probably know what they look like, but most of the world doesn't know what they look like. So they're walking around as like the biggest electronic duo, living their lives without having to deal with all the fame and shit of being a celebrity, which I think is pretty awesome. So shout out to Daft Punk. That album is the shit. I'm probably gonna bump it on the way home now that I'm talking about yeah. it because it's like <laughs> so fucking good. Um but yeah, that was my first pick of 2013 coming in at number eight. All right. So I decided to kick it off a little bit more on the R&B side here for the mm. next album. Nice. So, I, I mean, we're going to stay because 2011 was apparently a big year for me when I'm making this list. Yep. Uh, you guys don't know, like, I'm a big fan of that. I was a big fan of that Future Collective. Oh, yeah. Really big fan of them. Like, they had a lot of people come out of there. You know, Sid from uh, from the internet. Yep. Uh, Tyler Crater, obviously. Earl Sweatshirt. Steve Lacey. Steve Lacey. Steve Lacey wasn't in our future, was he? He's in the internet. He was in the internet, but I don't know if the internet was in our future. Oh, I'm not sure about I don't, that I don't think so. But it's all like that same but kind of camp. Kind of, like, yeah, sort of. Uh, so, this next artist, Frank Ocean. I decided to go Ooh. with uh, Nostalgia Ultra. No, nice. yeah. I didn't expect you to go with that one. Yeah, cool. dude, yeah. I, I mean, I love Channel Orange too, but this one had a little bit more effect on me. For specifically for one track, but I love the whole album. Uh, you can open with uh, the Street Fighter intro because you know I'm, dude, I'm a big gamer, yeah, so I, I always love that <laughs> shit. And then you got the Strawberry Swing, which was like the the melody cover from the uh, from the Coldplay song, I mm -hmm. think. Yep. Yeah, man. Uh, Nova Kane's on this track, which is like one of his lead singles. Song I yeah. ever heard by him. I think that yeah, I think that was my first song on him too. But my favorite track on here was, uh, for, and I think this is always my favorite Frank Ocean track was Swim Good. Oh, I love that that's song. That's a great so song, man. I almost much. forgot about that for a minute. And every time I want to go, like, it swim well, Frank, it swim well. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. No, man, I am such a big fan of this project. I'm so happy to have, like, like where he came from, too, because I think he, after the year he had with Channel Orange, he had, like, the Grammy nom and everything like that, mm -hmm. too, and... Yeah, I'm really happy to see where Frank Ocean got. I love Blonde, too, and I love, you know, I love Channel Orange, but this was the shit for me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and we probably, I'm expecting we probably get a Frank Ocean album this year, right? We might get a Frank Ocean album this year. was what, 2016, 17? Yeah, it was like a couple years back. So, But no, I, yeah, overall, man, this was fucking great. Uh, it was actually self-released, too, which is also interesting on it, too. Was it a mixtape? Uh, technically, yeah, yeah. Oh shit, I have another mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> King of the mixtapes over here. Yeah, man. Uh, damn, I forgot it was a mixtape. So Ocean was inspired to make the mixtape after Hurricane Katrina and his native New Orleans and his sub subsequent relocation to Los Angeles. I didn't know he was from After New joining the alternative hip hop group Odd Future in 2010, his self-released mi uh, mixtape, or so he self-released the mixtape without initial promotion. So he just dropped it on people without. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he already had a record deal before he went with Our Future, but, you know, he was probably, like, mainly, like, a writer or something yeah. like that. Uh, 
So the cover of it, I guess this is Ocean's Dream Car, which is a BMW E30. All right. But yeah, I'm a big fan of this project. I'm really happy to see where Frank Ocean got. He did a remake. Of, American Wedding was a remake of Hotel California. Uh, yeah. I guess this actually, because Kanye West was such a big fan of this project, this is actually what led to his No Church in the Wild feature on Watch the oh, Throne. Interesting. Yeah. That's I, cool. I did not know that. That's actually a good fun factoid. Funny that we just talked about him a couple minutes ago, kicking over to mine for number seven in my second one in 2013 is the first ASAP Rocky project. Well, album. I think it was the first, yeah, first, first album. album. Right, yeah. correct. Um, Long Live ASAP, um, which is actually what I thought great, you were talking about for a second. Great project. <laughs> it's so good, man. I used this is, this is a time in my life where I was really into running for some reason. I don't know why I was doing it a lot. I don't know, trying to get healthy, I guess. Um, and I listened to this album all the time when I would go out running. And it is just like, Got some of my favorite features, some of my favorite production. One of on my there. favorite videos of the decade too was that that uh the long live ASAP video, like the one where it's like black and white. I don't know if I remember that. I thought I'd probably die in prison. Oh, yeah, yeah, Expensive yeah, yeah. tasting with me. And they had no, no pot, pot to piss in. Now my kitchen full of dishes. It's a rocky fucking so dope with the flow, man. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. And um, that album was sweet to me, too. Because, like, so if you know me, you know I'm not, I don't really fuck with dubstep music at all. And he even Wild got me to, night, he got me to like the fucking light. Skrillex song, <laughs> which is actually, it was actually a Birdie Nom Nom song, but they like remixed it or whatever. And it was Skrillex and him. And I love that Birdie song. Birdie Nom Nom got a credit for that, didn't Yeah, yeah for sure. That's what I thought. It's his yeah. song. Um, but yeah, that, that album had everyone on it. I mean, you had, let's see, Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q. Was that fucking problem was on there? Yep. Okay, that's why. Kendrick I thought, Lamar, yeah. Schoolboy Q, 2 Chains, Drake, Big Crit, Santa Gold, Overdosed, Yellow Wolf, Florence... From Florence and the Machine, Danny Brown, Action Bronson, Shit, Joey Badass, had a bunch of features anyway. Ferg, <laughs> Hit Boy, uh, Clams Casino, Jim Johnson, T Minus, Danger Mouse, Forty, Skrillex. <laughs> like I mean, one song had like anyone. six features. That yeah. must have been a goddamn expensive album to make. Probably. Holy crap. Who was he? He's with what RCA or some shit. Yeah, he was with yeah, RCA for this album. Yeah. I think he's still um, with RCA. Which yeah, that, man, Ferg. That uh, album charted it. It actually went to number one on the Billboard charts, too. That's what I thought. And Let the me, song that I was thinking of earlier with, uh, is with Santa Gold, not Purity Ring. It was that Fashion Killer song. Oh, with the one the added to Rihanna. Yeah. Jiggy like a mama. Yeah. That video was dope as hell, Which too, Which is funny, because there's now rumors that he's dating Rihanna, but that probably could be whatever. That's well, she was in that shit. video, if I'm not mistaken. In fact, I know she was in that video. Oh, was she? I yeah. didn't know that. Um, With an interview with... Well, then again, well, Ferg had a whole line about that, too. He's like, uh, what was it? Not not the last project, but oh, Plain Jane. He had a whole line about Rihanna, too. Was he? I don't remember. It'll be easy if her easy hooked it all up on the Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that. That's funny. But yeah, I guess he said um, during this album. Oh. What? Oh, it was, no, I remember the line. It was, uh, I, I, I trade my breakfast, lunch, and dinner for some kitty. Please believe me if for... Please believe me, it would be easy if Renizzi hicked it all up on the Lizzy or some oh. shit. That, that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess this um this album he said he was listening to a lot of Nirvana, Pink Floyd, Radiohead, Dr. Dre, and Jay-Z. Wow. And that's what inspired him to make this album, which I think is pretty sweet because uh, I love all those artists too. <laughs> Please believe me, I see Riri, I'm going to eat it like Panini. That was the Jesus. fucking line. <laughs> that's what the fucking line was. I was trying to remember what it was. But yeah, and she was in that video too. But <laughs> Yeah, and you had a lot of big singles off that too. You had Wild for the Night, Fashion Killer, Fucking Problems, Goldie. Um, yeah, that was just a huge, huge album. And that's what put him on the map to me. Um, 
And yeah, I spent a ton of time listening to that album in 2013. It was so dope. I still listen to a couple songs off of there. I still listen to the whole album a lot. Um, that's one of those ones where you can just press play, start to finish, too. You don't really need, there's no skippable tracks, really. Not for me, at least. Um, I guess he was re-recorded some of that at TDE Studio. That's pretty cool. Didn't know that, that sounds about right. Yeah, TDE Studio. Um, he's working because him and Schoolboy Q are real tight, and yeah. he got a couple songs with Kendrick, so that makes sense. I made a I made a thing on Twitter the other day that I really would love to see happen. It's just like I always come up with these like hypothetical like groups and like things that I would like to see in music collabs and all that shit. Um, and I thought it'd be awesome if ASAP Rocky, Danny Brown, and Schoolboy Q formed a group and they did it all over like Detroit sounding techno and house beats. That would be amazing to me. That would actually be cool. <laughs> I think that would sound awesome. So maybe one day that'll come true. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my pick for number seven. Um, the first one of 2000. No, the second one of 2013. Correct? Yeah. Yep. So next I'll be on to 2012. No. So that makes me on number on one, six. Two, three, four. Yep. Six. It makes me number six. six I told you, don't be surprised if you see this man on my list again. Guess <laughs> what? He's already on my list again. J. Cole's 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Nice. This was such a great album because, well, I hate I hate reiterating shit, but yes, it was the first album in, what, 20 years ago, platinum with no features. It's currently yeah. sitting at triple platinum, by the way, really? as of Jesus. May of 2019. Good for him. Uh, I'm a big sucker for, for concept albums. And from start to finish, this whole album is one story. It really is. I mean, if you start with, uh, what was it? Don't give them too much, show. Don't give them too much. Well, damn, what was the name of that song? Oh, in, oh, January 28th. We mm-hmm. well, have the intro, and then you go to January 28th. But yeah, from Wet Dreams, which is the only song that was like iffy to me, I don't but like it, that song. it grew, it it grew on me. <laughs> it grew, I never did this before. Yeah, it, I don't like that. No, song. it grew Here's on me. me I seen him when he did it live because I remember he did the. Uh, did you ever watch the HBO special he did for this album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. yeah. Okay. It made me appreciate that song a lot more because I didn't like it at first, and then I watched him do it live. Okay, now this song is kind of dope. The more I listen <laughs> to it, oh, three out of lessons is though. I love the story in that. St- tell it to steady the die. Tell it to cities. Uh, Fire Squad. I remember when that song came out. People thought it was an Eminem disc. Oh yeah, yeah, because they had uh, Justin Timberlake, Eminem, and then Mac Yeah, but he's just talking about like, he was just talking about yeah, white music. people and cultural appropriation, everything like that. Yeah. Santro Pay to the window, to the wall, get off my dick. No role models, which I think I still hear on the radio from time to time. What's the one on uh, there where yeah. he's got that funny ass uh, George Bush? Like he's got the little clip of George Bush sounding like an idiot. He's no like, role models. Is that no role models? No oh models. my god, that's my favorite part of the song. Well, he's fool like, me fool once. me once. <laughs> Shame on me. Fool, fool me, me twice. You, you, you can't get fooled again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to say it down in Texas. It's in here, but it's in Texas. <laughs> you fool me, you can't get fooled again. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite part. And then he just goes off right after that's uh, over. So that's, that's funny. Apparently, always sticks out to me just because about his mom. And oh yeah, because I mean, you know, somebody who's lost her mom, like that. All, that song always sticks out to me just because you know I, it always touches something to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love I love the tribute he did there. Love yours. Note to sell how it closes out. Yeah, from start to finish, this whole album is just one consistent ride, and that's what I like about it. Yeah, that's awesome. That is a great, great album. Um, and it's funny because you had two. Uh, J. Cole's pretty close together in spots, and now I, over here, Mr. TDE fan, have got Kendrick on here again. Um, oh, so, here's a reason he's not mentioned yet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm now on my first pick of 2012, which would be my sixth pick. Um, I put Good Kid, Mad City up on here. Uh, 
that album really was an insane, <laughs> insane piece of work for me because I remember like it just brings back so much nostalgia for me. Like I was listening to that album constantly when it came out. I was living at uh, in Westland at the Brandon house. I remember just bumping that in the basement. We had these big old huge house speakers in the basement and I would go down there and get the vibe all right and zend out and then we would just crank that album and i remember playing it for Catman once and Catman at the time didn't really listen to that much uh hip-hop music and he was like what the fuck is this like everything the whole album like to me it reminds me a lot of um biggie's ready to die because like from the skits to the songs everything flows so perfectly the skits are amazing on there from like his the ones with his parents from the ones where he's getting influenced by his friends into like the peer pressure song and like it had um swimming pools went like that had to have been like triple platinum by now something like that it had bitch don't kill my vibe which is huge the recipe which was huge poetic justice i was talking about concept albums man there wasn't a story god damn it neil because i'm gonna have to talk about this album too (laughs) 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 so yeah that um i'll just leave it at that since z-man's probably got it on his list is is what i think he's saying to me right now (laughs) so um yeah 2012 is good kid mad city kendrick lamar is in my Probably like top five overall. artists overall right now, over the, especially overall of the decade. Period for me, Kendrick but, yeah. Lamar won the decade for me. I'll, I'll go ahead and announce that right Jesus. now. For me, he wins uh, the decade, just for my taste at least. Um, <sighs> yeah, so that was my number six pick from 2012, Kendrick Lamar. My number fifth pick, since we're going to stay on Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> I decided to go back. I decided to go back <laughs> to... I decided to go, well, we already talked about this album. My number fifth pick is To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Uh, we already talked about this, mm-hmm. so I don't want to, you know, keep drilling into a hole in it. But one That's of my the favorite- first time we've had the same one so far. Yeah. Oh, I think we're going to start getting some more. Probably. Yeah, because we're, we're, we're getting now. up there. But one thing, I, I mean, because we already talked about it, but I want to get into a little bit more, maybe stuff you might miss on, stuff that kind of stood out to me. I love when he, the whole album is kind of like a letter to Tupac. Mm-hmm. And I, I do like that, the poem and everything like that. And I love how he has like the Tupac vocals at the at the end of it, like yeah. where he's giving like a, not, not not necessarily an interview, but just like a sit down, like a chat, like yeah. a conversation. Yeah, dude, it's, my God, this album was so great. One of the things I love about this album is he opened with freaking, he had Thundercat and George Clinton on the song list yes, to open did. it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's what I, like, I got even saw the pick. <laughs> dude, I, you know, I, saw, I saw like the track list. I'm like, oh shit, this is about to be crazy. And it was just as crazy as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love how this opened Rhapsody's career up too, like you mentioned earlier. Cause I'm like, you know, she's made my list as well, this run too. Uh, man, I really love this album. Like, I was probably one of my favorite videos of this decade as well. Oh, I do yeah, like dude, good call. One thing I liked about this album yeah, too was it actually uh, didn't make the album, did it? Which one? Live. Yeah, it did and it didn't. Not that song, not that version of the oh, song. Oh, yeah, you're right. The but it had the live version. And I was going right. to get into that because that live version actually ins- kind of low key kind of inspired on be ca- on my album, Be Carefully Safe. Mm-hmm. It kind of inspired like the live version of what I did. Oh, too. Yeah, I love that. Track. Yeah. So it was like, that's not on your list. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. But like, it, I, man, I can't say enough about Kendrick Lamar. Like, I, I was such a big fan of this album, and I'm really happy. This is, a, like I said earlier, this is in, like, the Harbor Library of Music as well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude has a Pulitzer Prize. He really, Kendrick Mars going down one of the greatest of all time. Oh, not even, Not even a debate. Definitely won a decade, like Neil said. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, I'm a dude. I can't even describe how much I love this fucking album. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Black man. and the Berry. Uh, the Black and all the right. This the I juice. think you was probably one of my favorite standout songs though. Mm-hmm. There's not like I like how he did like the drunken like thing at the end of it. Mm-hmm. You was only deficient. Oh yeah, when he's all drunk. I like for free. I'm I that up, super but jazzy I shit. Fucked up as you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that album is crazy. Oh um, man, no, yeah, but I, I don't, we already talked about. It. I don't want to keep drilling a hole in it, but yeah, can, that would be my number, uh, my number six pick is Kendrick. That'd Lamar be your number five, butterfly. number right? five pick. Yep. Sorry, yep. Kendrick Lamar to be butterfly. And then back over to me with another artist that's been mentioned by E Man, but a different album. I have uh, for number five in 2012. For my second pick of 2012 is Channel Orange by Frank Ocean. Um, that album definitely won the year for me in 2012. I listened to that album a ton. I thought it was super groundbreaking. Um, it's also when he decided to come out as bisexual, which was kind of a big deal because in hip hop, that's kind of like um, taboo, taboo, subject. you know. So, and he uh, went ahead and did that. And I mean, he's even got a song that's full fledged about a man, like clear as Forrest day. Forrest Gump, Gump running through my mind, boy. Um, but that album is just it's super deep and super thoughtful. Um, Bad Religion, I think, is like one of the greatest songs ever, man. That song I is like personally, beautiful to me. like I think Super Rich Kids is one of my favorite super songs. Super Rich on Kids, there. I love is that one with Earl Sweatshirt. Yep, that was like because I, I was kind of late to the Earl Sweatshirt party. I wasn't like super fan of his yet, and that was like the first thing that I heard of Earl that I was like, okay, this guy's sweet. And I, it was like. It's a simplistic rhyme scheme too. He's not rhyming Earl fast Swisher or anything. Earl has the laziest like, flow in hip hop. Don't yeah. get me wrong. However, he <laughs> yeah. is lyrically fucking yeah. clever as hell. To open your eyes to <laughs> what you can't imagine. We are the daddy best. <laughs> that song is awesome. Um, and yeah, you had um, thinking about you, which went crazy on the charts. That thing was super big. Um, let's see, where is the track list on here? Um, track listing, yeah. Um, Sierra Leone is amazing. Sweet Life, I love that song's produced by Pharrell. Um, you had Super Rich Kids, like we just mentioned. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the song Pyramids, all Pyramids like, 10 so minutes dope. of it. Like the whole beat switch in that. I actually really like sick. Forrest Gump, too. I'm gonna be honest with you. This such a, it is a good song, even though, and that's not my favorite take, on the album. Ta- I'm gonna take, you know, I. I I can't really. I don't want to touch it. I mean, even though it's about a guy, it's still a great song. Yeah, no, it's a good song. It definitely is. Like, yeah. It definitely is. And um, I, that, the only thing is about that song is I'm really disappointed that was his Grammy choice when he when he had to perform it live. He did thinking about you. No, he did. No, he did. Forrest Gump. Did you do he that did Forrest Gump. No, oh, he shit. did Forrest Gump. That was Grammys. a bad performance too. Yeah, the vocals were all fucked up and shit. Yeah, that's that was why not I good. wouldn't have picked that song for the Grammys. I yeah. would have probably went with like Pyramids or something like that. Right. Personally, but, I mean Pyramids yeah. was crazy. The whole beat switch in that like. Oh, dude, I love that song. Um, and then you also had that little interlude white that was just basically John Mayer playing guitar. Um, that was dope. And I think, actually, it's funny. I Now looking at this, I didn't even know that Tyler, the creator, produced that track. Which one? The white, the little interlude with John oh, Mayer. yeah. That's <laughs> one like Tyler was trying to get good at production, though. Yeah. And then Monks is another one of my favorite songs. That song is fucking awesome. Monks in the mosh pit. Oh, dude, that's a great song. Um, Bad Religion is like a really... Um, touching song in my opinion because it's kind of like him battling with his inner thoughts of if he's gay or not and if he's going to be accepted or not, or not because of it. Um, I just like the, that lyric. Anything that brings me to my knees is a bad religion. Um, and then Pink Matter. I mean, fucking Pink, he's got Pink Matter, Matter with Andre 3000 where Andre just bodied it and had probably the best verse of the whole year on that shit. Um, and then, yeah, and then it goes into Forrest Gump and then finally the end. But um, that just every single track on there is just perfect to me. I think it's just like 
And it's one of those albums that to me got better like every listen. I just kept liking it more and more. Like the first time I listened to it, I was like, eh, I like some of these songs. And then it just kept growing on me and I listened to it more and more and I more. call it the 808s and Heartbreaks effect. Yeah, because yeah, 808s and Heartbreaks was, and I talk about this a lot. Like, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I do mention it like in my personal life. That was the very first album I listened to and I absolutely fucking hated it the first time I heard it. <laughs> and then it slowly started to grow on me to where it's like one of my favorite projects. It took years, but it finally did it. It's, but yeah, I call it the 808s and Heartbreaks effect. Trademark. <laughs> um wow that album has now like double triple platinum this channel on sounds shit. about right um it's funny though because when it first came out it wasn't a, really a super big name yet and it peaked at like 32 on the billboard charts for thinking about you and sold like 131,000 copies i think like week. kind of i mean because how was tyler was kind of big around that time no so that kind of helped out a little bit yeah yeah and at the time, those there was still a lot of uh, blogs and stuff at the time, and they said that in 2012, that was named the best album of the year by pretty much almost all of them. It was a great album. <laughs> so, it was absolutely an amazing album. Yeah, that's a great shit. Um, Real quick, before we go into my next pick, by the mm-hmm. way, yeah, uh, shout out to Derek Jeter. He actually just made the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, good. Good for him. Yep, just Poor happened. Jeter. Way cooler than A-Rod. <laughs> I'm not touching that, Rob, bro. I'm not touching that. Anyway, so for my number, uh, my number fourth pick, we're gonna go back to Detroit. Okay, we're gonna go to Detroit here for my number fourth pick. I think we, I, th- I know you mentioned this album before, and I'm gonna touch a little bit more on it because it actually was recorded. It was part of it was recorded in this very studio. We're gonna go uh, Royce to Five Nine, Book of Ryan. Yes, sir. For my number fourth pick. Man, all right, so. Up until this point, I mean, obviously Royce is probably one, probably one of, if not the greatest rapper on the planet right mm-hmm. now. This was like one of, this is the album is like where he kind of stood out and went more in like the personal, like he made it more personal, made it more about himself, not just like the kind of like the flashy shader, like kind of like, uh, you know, like kind of like doing what he, you know, like kind of like, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to say it. Not like more deep, name, not like, like not necessarily name calling or anything, because Norris never really did that. Right. But like it's less going at other people's throats. Right, 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 yeah, right, that's going at other people. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But more about himself, and that's what I like about it. Uh I know you had we mentioned uh Detroit Travis Chandler, you had Ashley Sorrell from the city. Shout out uh, Ashley. Then, yeah, and then you had like, you know, more mainstream, you had like J. Cole, Pusha T, Jada Kiss, Fabulous, T Pain, Logic. It's just nuts. It just shit was a lot all over the place, man. Like I think my favorite track on this is probably Steel Cocaine. Yeah, for I sure. I love that video. Love everything Super about this deep album. Song. It's um, probably hard to write. I do like be hard to record. Well, actually, low key, you know, one of my favorite like produce like one of the songs like production wise on this project, and it's very short. But my parallel, I love like that like mm, that drums. What like, am I parallel to the, this? I love the drums yeah. on that so yeah, much. I'm like bongos. that should be a whole fucking song. That right is there. great. Um, and then that was the year that we were talking about how J Cole was body and everything in that year. He was on that track. He was uh, uh, Bobo Bobo Boat. Boat. Oh man, that's a great verse by him on there. And uh, and another one. This is also concept. Yep, I love I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for concepts man I can't even say that enough like I do like how he uh, just the stories on this album man. it's just so deep so personal and I'm like this is this is what Roy should have been doing his whole career right and also <laughs> it's super inspiring because he put this album out at 40 years old and made his best album at 40 which we is like we were just listening to uh, Dak Shepard's podcast he was talking about that like how many actors and stuff like that or we can even go on musicians for that really started getting big around like late in their life like right, that. In their 40s. not necessarily like late in their life but like you know like 40s. Very 540 when everybody's you know been doing it a while and they're you know 
late early late 20s especially when music's a young person's game you know what i mean like uh, technically you know what i'm saying like people always make fun of the old heads and the people especially in hip-hop like i'm i can't even be i dude i can't even words can't describe how happy i am to see royce like at the level he is now because he's been around forever royce has two of the best songs on eminem's crazy new (laughs) album he produced two of my favorite ones on there which was the track about like the vegas shooting and um, you gonna learn, which is amazing. We're gonna talk about that surprise Eminem yeah, album that, next week. Yeah, though. that Mac Miller will get mentioned, and uh, of course, Oh Seven Oh Shake. Um, but yeah, yeah that's I a mean, brilliant album. Number four pick, uh, Royce Booker Ryan. All right, so back over to me, and now a little bit of a gear shift because I, the last handful I had were hip hop and R and B stuff. Um, this has been one of my favorite bands for a long time. I've had the pleasure of seeing them live a couple times, and it is honestly some of the, like, the most beautiful live music you could ever hear. They do these four-part harmonies that are just absolutely beautiful. Um, and I went with um, Helplessness Blues by Fleet Foxes, um, which is my first pick of 2011. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Fleet Foxes, they make real like folky indie rock type music. Um, Robin Pecknold is the, the leader of the group. And he's just a really brilliant dude. He's got an insanely beautiful voice. Um, at the time, they still had Josh Tillman on drums, too, which um, went on to make his own solo career and uh, turned into Father John Misty, who has made a really successful run. Actually, he's probably bigger than Flea Foxes right now. Um, but yeah, that album is just absolutely beautiful. It's got, um, they won Best Folk Album, the Grammys for that, that peaked at number four on the Billboard charts. Um, I don't even know what else to say about it other than it's I've probably listened to Fleet Foxes more than any other of the indie bands by far. Um, there's a song on there called Grown Ocean. That's probably one of my favorites and one of the standouts. And then um, the shrine slash the argument. Oh, man, like the vi- like the tempo change in that song when it switches songs, is just like seamless and perfect to me. Um they're uh, a Seattle band, I believe. I think that's where Robin Pecknold is from. Yeah, it says, uh, yeah, they are from Seattle. Um, but it's funny because that album only sold like 60,000 copies, or not 60,000, 60,000, wait. No, they, wow, they scraped together $60,000 of their own money to make the album. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't even know that about that. Um, but yeah, if you haven't heard that, it was their second studio album. They had the, um, the, the self-titled one before that. And... I don't know, man. Just They're just really special to me. Uh, I bought that album on vinyl a few years back, and it's just one of those ones that you can put on start to finish and uh, don't need to skip anything because it's just a beautiful piece of music. Um, it's right around an hour's length, too, which is like my favorite. It's a little sweet spot for me. 45 minutes to an hour is like a perfect album for my my taste. Word. So, yeah, that was number what, four for me. Yeah, four and my first pick of 2011. All right, so are we? Uh, that makes us number three pick, correct? Yes, sir. Neil, I've heard you say something about this out al- this next album, specifically not even about the music necessarily. Even though I know you love the music, but about the cover, because I know you say you want this cover mm. on a T-shirt. Oh yeah, yep. I know you, what you're going you, with. you know, you know what album I'm yes, going I with? Yes, I do. I do. 
So my number three pick and it's not is just not even a rap album by him. And nope. I was so shocked to hear this when I first heard it, and I realized, holy fuck, I instantly love this album. My number three pick is Childish Gambino Awaken My Love. Beautiful album art. Oh That's like my, my favorite album God, dude. of the decade, probably. I was so taken back by like the psychedelic soul, like funk influence he had here. Is cause it wasn't because you know, up until then, like, you know, camp and because the internet, those are more I mean, he was singing on them a little bit, but he wasn't like doing this shit right. <laughs> he wasn't doing not, not on this level right this was something on a whole new fucking world it was like, I'm like sly and the family stones man, funkadelic type funk crazy like, shit parliament funkadelic like, <laughs> what, like this is wild this is just oh my god it was so no cool no one expected this no, I don't think nobody expected this kind of music to I, come out. I mean I do I just love like the, the, the scream like the psychedelic screams he does on this shit is so great. And best part is, he sung every part on there. It was like a little bit of reverb. I think like Redbone, for instance, had like a little bit of reverb mm-hmm. on it, but most of the shit was just him. I wonder how which many, is even how many copies Redbone sold by now because it's got to be insane. Can that probably song everywhere. Song still everywhere. But we can probably still figure that out for sure. Uh, so with "Awaken My Love," it was released December second, two thousand sixteen, by Glassnote Records. You know, Glassnote famously released all his projects, and I think he's on a label to speak with them right now about royalties oh, really? or something. Shit. I didn't know that. He's actually the only. This is actually the only time I've ever heard of an, of the label suing an artist for royalties. <laughs> That's the only time I've ever heard that was Childish Gambino because <laughs> of the, like the royalties off the last three albums. Uh, it received some Grammy nominations for Album of the Year and Best Urban Contemporary Album. He actually went on. I think he performed Terrified at the album, which with yeah. with, uh, with Young Simba, who yep. you know he went on to. <laughs> he went on to uh, do the Lion King with man. Yeah, shout out. I'm Lo- pretty Lord sure on that too because that's like his writing Lou, partner. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, Louis. Uh, he did. He does most of Gambino shit. He actually did. I think he did this in America too, right? Yeah, he, yeah. He does everything with him. Yeah, he actually went on to do the score for um, uh, Black Panther too. Did he? Yep. Oh yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, he did. Uh, I believe the album. The concept about it was like about his daughter being born, right? I th- his son, I think. Or was it his son? Does he have yeah, a daughter. Because like, uh, that one track is. Um, I thought he. Had, I thought he had a girl. Mm-mm. Oh well, shit. No, my like, bad. The track is called like Baby Boy or something like that. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm tripping. Something. My bad. My bad. All right, but yeah. Uh, like I was when I remember when I heard when I was first like looking at track list. Me and your mama. The night I met your mama. Things like that. I'm like, what is this? What is this album about? And I'm like, oh, I'm looking at the history. And like, not what I like about it. There is one track on there that I can't stand. It's fucking California. You're gonna go to California. I hate that song. <laughs> that song is the worst. But the rest of the album. I actually like that album. <laughs> I like that song a lot. Oh man, I don't know. I can't get into that. I, my favorite track on here is probably Terrified, to be honest with you. Terrified's I awesome. I love Terrified. And Zombies. Zombies and Terrified are like my two favorite zombies ones. Zombies is probably my favorite. Actually, Stand Tall is I listened to that album. Or that's that's the one about his son, Stand Tall at track eleven. That song is phenomenal. No, I there's no rapping on it either, and everything not one, up to this point for not Gambino one was bar all rapping. rapping. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. And I honestly, I'm totally okay with it. Yeah, I was just another one that kind of had an 808s effect on me, where I was like, I, I, I didn't, ha- I didn't necessarily hate it, but I was confused. I'm like, where, where, where's the bars at? That we listen to and like. This don't need no bars. <laughs> this is perfect. Nope. This don't need shit yeah, except for perfect. what he's doing right now. Uh, Waking My Love debuted at number five on the U.S. Billboard 200 with uh, 101,000 album equivalents. So making it the third highest debut of the week. The fourth best-selling ah, it was the fourth best-selling album of 
that week, selling to 72,000 copies, according to Nielsen SoundScan. They also almost, ah, they almost also streamed 41.5 million times this first Jesus. week. As of December 28, 2016, the album has sold 151,000 album equivalents with, with 1,000 physical album sales, 100,000 physical album sales. Here we go. Here's the, here's the fun part. On September 27, 2018, the album was certified platinum by the RIAA for combined sales, streaming, and track sales, equivalent of a million units sold in the United States. Damn. So certified platinum. It might be a little bit higher by then because that was 2018, but yeah. Damn. Good for him. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and I can't wait for his next project to come out. And that, re- that really, like, for me, at least in my head, that's when I was like, Oh, this dude's for real. I'm like, because his Just rapping as an stuff artist, was like man. okay to me. I always thought his rapping was like cool, and I liked a lot of it. But then this came out, and I'm like, I, he could make this kind of music for the rest of his career, and I'd be totally happy with that because I like this side of his like musicality and this his singing voice is really fucking good, which blew me away. I remember when that album came out. I remember like Quest Love's like gigantic paragraph of an Instagram post where he was just like floored by the album. He's like, I'm. I sit down to listen to this childish Gambino and I expect to hear some new age hip hop shit, you know, not trying to put that down or anything, but that's what I had in my head. And then this comes out of left field with some Sly and the Family Stone type shit and totally fucked my whole world up. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny too. Like, I wonder if that's still, uh, Questlove still has that on his Instagram. Was a funny I remember post. he tweeted uh, George Clinton when this album came out, or not tweeted, but he texted George Clinton when his album came out. Like, did you hear this shit yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> That's great. Um, so yeah, back on to me now, and I'm staying in the the rock category um, to close out 2011. My second one, which I'm reading a funny fact on here that I didn't even know, it was recorded at Drew Barrymore's house. Which one? King of the Limbs by Radiohead. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's super weird. Drew I Barrymore has a studio at her house. I or guess they probably had the equipment and shit like that. I'm sure yeah. she does. That's, a, that's interesting. Um, which is one of the shorter projects by Radiohead. It's just over a half an hour, but it's all killer, no filler, in my opinion. Um, Radiohead, I'm always going to be super partial towards. They're like one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, I got to see a lot of this live because when this album came out, is the first year that I attended Bonnaroo. Actually, the second year I attended Bonnaroo, and it was um, Chili Peppers and Radiohead were the two two biggest headliners, and. Um, it was just, it's just a really beautiful piece of work, man. I, I, Tom York, I can't say enough good things about. He's gone on to do some brilliant stuff inside this wheelhouse and outside of it. He's done a lot of cool electronic music. He's worked a lot with Flying Lotus, um, done the cool stuff with Adams for Peace, the head flea from the Chili Peppers. Um, and even recently, he just was, um, I just got done watching the movie Motherless Brooklyn, the one that Edward Norton wrote and directed and stars in. And he and Flea made an original song for the, uh, movie that works just really well with the movie because it's a real jazzy um, song with him singing and flea playing trumpet. But King of the Limbs, um, which is their eighth studio album from Radiohead, uh, came out in February of 2011. Um, and it followed in Rainbows, which is another one of my favorite all-time favorite albums um, of any decade. Um, and it's with their longtime producer, Nigel Goodrich, or Godrich, who also is part of Adams for Peace, that off-band that he made with Flea and some other cats. Um, but yeah, he, Nigel produced it like he has for most of their music. And um, the song that was probably the most popular off that was Lotus Flower. I don't know if you remember the video to that. It was just like a close-up of Tom York dancing super weirdly, yeah. <laughs> which he does quite often. 
But um, there's just something so haunting about his voice when he does like the slowed down tracks that just like just hits me in 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 all of the feel spots. <laughs> um, so I'm a big fan of Radiohead. As I've said, they won a Grammy for this. Um, it was best alternative music album. Um, it peaked at number six on the U.S. Billboard charts and went uh, number seven on the U.K. charts. And they ended up doing this live recording of it. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of the live from the basement series that are on YouTube, which um, it's just awesome. Like it's just them in the studio and they do the whole album start to finish. And at the time this album came out, I was living in that Westland house and we had a big movie projector screen in our basement. And uh, I just remember blasting that all the time. I would sit down and play that start to finish constantly. Um yeah, the uh, let's see. Let me, let me scroll down to the track listing real quick, just to refresh my memory here. Um, oh, Mi- "Morning, Mr. Magpie" is probably my favorite album or song on the album. That um is a really cool track. Little by little, man, this whole thing. "Lotus Flower" was huge. "Giving Up on a Ghost" was awesome to me. Um, it's a real short listen, and I think I remember at the time this is when Tom York put this out for free. He um put it on their website where you could make a donation. And I think that went to like either the ch- a charity maybe of his choice, or you could just download it for free. Um, and I think that's because at this time is when that whole switch started to happen, where it was people were not really buying physical copies of CDs anymore. Everyone was pirating shit off the internet, and this was kind of his way of getting in front of the pirating. He's like, you know what? Since people are going to steal it for free anyways, I'm just going to put them out for free and rely on my core radio fan- head fans to buy the merch and go to the concerts and that reminds me of system of a down with steal this album yeah <laughs> it was <laughs> great that, and it even looked like a burned disc yep. <laughs> it had no like liner notes or anything in it that was hilarious i remember when they did that that was great but uh yeah that's my pick uh for number three and the second one of 2011 another one uh another one we had the same on i got a little bit of higher but we already mentioned it and i'm probably gonna drill this one underground because of how much i love this album as my number two pick because i remember when it first came out i listened to it every day for two months Mm -hmm. like literally start to finish every day for two months shit you not uh let's go to 2013 we're gonna go kendrick lamar good kid mad city oh sorry 2012 i'm sorry 2012 it's the only the second one that we've had a repeat on for me and you. That's crazy. So far, yeah. That's crazy. Maybe we had the same number one. No, we're not going to have the same number one. I know, I know we're not going to have the same number one because oh, you already not. mentioned it. But Mine's not even technically was... number one. It's just of 2010 So because mine's in the year uh, or so. Yeah, all good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Kendrick Lamar, good kid in Mad City. And I've said, I've said this already like five times a day. I love concept albums. This was stuck to me. This was actually my favorite story of the decade. So it starts off with Shireen, a.k.a. Master Splinter Daughter, kind of sets the scene for, like, what's going on here. He, he's trying to watch Martin. This girl hits him up. Hey, uh, you want to come over and fuck? Sure. <laughs> Hell yeah, let me take my mama's van. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, from there, uh, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe, Backseat Freestyle, which me and my boy Ryan, we always listen to that song. That's always, like, our hype-up song is, yeah. is uh, fucking Backseat Freestyle still to this day. But, no, I, I fucking love this song. I love this album, man. I think my favorite, one of my favorite tracks on this album. In fact, it's really hard to pick a favorite track on this album, but my favorite track on this album, <sighs> it Pyru and Crips. I uh, got along. They probably got me down by the end of the song. Dude, I love Mad yeah, City yeah, so fucking yeah, much. Yeah. I think Art of yeah, Peer Pressure yeah, is my yeah, favorite yeah. on that. Art of Peer Pressure is dope too. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's actually only one song that was like iffy to me and it still grew on me. It was Good Kid. 
I forget how. Oh yeah, Mass yeah, yeah. hallucination, baby. Oh, yeah. oh, I love that song. Now it grew. Great. It grew. I didn't amazing. like it at first, and it grew on me. And that was the only song I was like, eh, on me. Between Mad City and then Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst was so oh, fucking good. In fact, sing, crazy. Oh, my the God, transition of that song <laughs> is mind blowing yeah. to me. Like it just because it, it goes like just the straight like flow like that, like the straight like drums like. But then it goes like that. That eerie like feel to it. Dude, it's so good. I'm proud to say I was on Kendrick early too. I was I was already Section I was like I was on it like uh overly dedicated was my intro to Kendrick. Same here. Same here. And I went back and listened to C4, which I didn't like C4 that much, but I do like all his other stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I yeah, I was really early at the Kendrick party, and I'm really happy about that. But I'm really happy to see where his career is going because oh, he's clear, hands down, probably one of the best. He is probably the best rapper of this decade. I would say, by as far as like you know quality of music goes, I would me say too. you know probably Drake won the decade technically. Oh, yeah, for like sales, <laughs> Drake sure, definitely yeah, won the decade far, technically, sure. but but for for our taste as fans. Kendrick won the decade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And that leaves number one for me, but I'm going to let it pass off to Neil before we get into that. Number two for me, which would be my first album of 2010 picks, um, is a woman who I think is probably the most creative and important woman to come around in the hip hop R&B funk category, uh, which is Janelle Monae's The Arc Android. Um, this album. album is honestly one of my favorite albums of all time. Just not of the decade. It's literally of all time. Um, shout out to big boy for discovering her. Um, she is a true visionary in my opinion. Um, the arc Android was a series of concept albums where Janelle Monet, um, is playing this character, Cindy Mayweather, which is a Android. And the concept of the album is it takes place in the future and androids and humans are coexisting as people. But um, this android, Cindy Mayweather, falls in love with a human and the people are condemning them for being in love with each other. And it's just every song just flows so effortlessly through each other. It's like just a totally brilliant piece of work to me. Um, The production is literally all over the place. She's got songs that are like rapidy rap songs. She's got jazz tracks. She's got neo soul tracks, funk tracks. I mean, she literally covers everything psychedelic. Everything on here is just like totally perfect to me. Um, she was heavily inspired by like Prince and David Bowie, and it's totally apparent to me when you listen to her music because she's just like Bowie to me. Like she can just change her facade and her personality and her style without missing a beat. Um, the first shit I ever heard from her, I think, was uh, Cold War, actually, which is a beautiful song. And then you had Tightrope with Big Boy on there, where she's just oh, dancing know. around like. When I saw her on stage, too, she's rocking these tuxedos with her big rooster top hair going and just dancing like James Brown all over the place. Cool factoid I learned about uh, Janelle Monae was why she wears black and white all the time. Why was that? Uh, Because I guess it represents, I guess her... Her mom was someone like that was like a maid or something like that. So oh, she always yeah. rep- she always wears black and white, kind of like butler colors, just uh-huh. like a re- representation of her. Oh, that's cool. Which was like that. really cool. And I, I found out, I think she said that in an interview and I'm like, that is actually really tight. That I like that. Sweet. Yeah, that's why she always only wears black and white. And, I, and I'm such a, like E-Man said earlier, I'm such a sucker for a concept album too. And this was a series of concept albums that were all under the same like constraint, um, like idea. And it started with the Metropolis uh, EP 
and then it worked its way into the Arc Android, and then there was the Electric Lady, and then um, I feel like Dirty Computer kind of closed it off, and that went started where she started going in a new direction. But I always thought, like honestly, because I went to film school, I went to Specs Howard for Digital Media Arts. I always like probably a pipe dream at this point, but I always wanted to make a movie. Um, based around the concept of this album and have her music be part of the movie. I always thought that would be a super cool idea because this is one of the type of albums for me that I can close my eyes, listen to it, and it's like I'm watching a movie listening to it because it's just that well done for me. Um, the the tracks on here are just awesome. Let me go to the track list real quick. Um, yeah, it starts off with the Sweet 2 Overture. When it goes into uh, Dance or Die, which is this like awesome, fast, dancey track into Faster, Locked Inside, uh, Sir Greendown is like one of the most beautiful songs ever. Um, Cold War, which I mentioned in, into Tightrope. Um, she's got that Come Alive track, which is super rock and roll. Mushrooms and Roses, which is very psychedelic. And then it goes into the second act of the... Um, it's like put, put together in different acts. Then it goes into the second one where you had Neon Valley Street and... Um, the last track on there is like this nine minute jazz track that's like so goddamn beautiful called uh Bayat Bayah. Um if you've never listened to this album, I mean everybody knows who Janelle Monet is now because she's in movies, she's like everywhere now. She's I mean, she's winning she could be an EGOT. She could probably get that status. Bro. Janelle Monet probably would get EGOT. Donald Glover would probably get EGOT. Yeah. Um Lady Gaga would probably get EGOT. I think she already won an Oscar for either Moonlight or what was the movie about the a hidden... Or what was the one with the three women about the black um, oh, NASA? Oh, Hidden employees? Figures? Hidden Figures. Did, um, she get, did she get an Oscar for that? I think I think they did. Maybe not. Maybe she... I can't remember if she did or if the movie did. I don't know. We'd have to look that up. But I don't know. I, I, just she got, I think she got nominated for Moonlight. No, it wasn't her. It was Marcus Shalali. Okay. Uh, so, and Marcus Shalali won that. Yeah. But, I mean, she's got a, a really prominent career ahead of her. I mean, she's going to do big things. She already is doing big things. But that album, specifically for me, is my favorite album that she's made so far. I really love Electric Lady uh, as well. That song or that album is great. But um, this album did. just means a lot to me. Taraji was nominated. Taraji was? Taraji oh, was you. not. Genomine. I have, like, a specific memory, too, of putting this album However, on vinyl and just, like, laying in bed with my my girl at the time oh, and just fuck. listening to the whole thing on, like, a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It was, like, perfect. It's, like, that was, like, <laughs> a really good, ca- like, her, like, Octavia Spencer, I mean, who also, who already won, like, an Oscar mm-hmm. for, uh... That's a strong cast. 12 years, was it, not 12 years of slave. What was the one about the one where she shit in a pie? What? It was a movie where she shit in a pie and gave it to like a slave owner. I forgot what, what? I forgot what was the name of that movie. I have no idea. That's what the you're movie, talking that's about, the movie bro. she won an Oscar for. <laughs> I have no idea. I just remember that. <laughs> Hold up. We're running over, but I'm I'm about, damn if I'm not about to look this up. Uh, right I have now. no idea. <laughs> that's so super Damn if weird. I'm not about to look this up. The help. That's what it was. The help. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That that happened in that movie? Yeah, she shit in a pie. Oh god. That's and, then gross. She, and then gave it to like the slave master. Oh, that's fucking gross. <laughs> um but yeah, she's, I mean, what else is uh, notable about Janelle Monet is like, she's, so Big Boy discovered her and brought her to Diddy and Diddy signed her to Bad Boy, but her stipulation was like, listen, I'll sign here, but I want complete creative control of my own music. She already had the vision for it with her Wonderland group, which is now like her sub, sub label that she's created. She's rocked with that same band that she's had since the jump which I think is um, noteworthy too. I always respect people that bring their bands along and don't uh, leave them in the dust and go solo. Like 
I think it's pretty cool that um, she did that. Like Anderson Pock did that with the Free Nationals, something I always talk about. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got for it. But that's honestly one of my favorite albums of all time. Not even just this decade. So Janelle Monet, I love you to death. That right. is now number two and my first pick of 2010, which that's crazy. That's like 10 years old. Oh, now. my God. We're down to the wire. Last one, born, more. Baby. one more. My number one overall album. And this is not a surprise to anybody. This is number one on a lot of lists. I hate to say that, but it's that good of an album to me. And I really hope this artist gets back to making really, really good music again. My number one pick. Oh, I know what it is. Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. That's a great album. It's an amazing album. Start to finish, another concept, boy. Uh, had a lot of production from a lot of big names on here. Especially Very a lot different of, than Kanye, too. A lot of, yeah. This is like the first album he actually made, like when he started doing those hiatus trips and shit like that. This one was in, hiatus, like in Hawaii when he went over, like there started working on most of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Rizzo was on this, Mike Dean, you know, who's all over most of Kanye's stuff. Uh, you had No ID, who's been all over Kanye's stuff. Like, that was his and mentor. Jay Z. Well, clearly, yeah. No, I mean, No ID was with Kanye and Jay Z, yep. making a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Plain Pat, who's like really famous for like Kid Cudi's mm-hmm. production. Uh, a lot of different people on here, man. Uh, I'm such a big fan of this album, start to finish. I, like, oh, on top of that, this was actually like kind of like the jump for like Nicki Minaj's career too because yeah, uh coming because she was on the intro to the album and then she watched everybody on monster sure did she, <laughs> <laughs> she sure did which is uh, easily one of Jay-Z's worst verses of all time by the way it is <laughs> it, it really is though <laughs> he just names a bunch of monsters <laughs> it's like goblins ghouls King Kong Loch Ness <laughs> I feel like Nicki Minaj was like I gotta make my shit better than everybody because everybody else is established on this stuff because Rick it was a Rick Ross which Rick Ross only intro that he really wasn't on it like that I love Kanye Rick Ross's so that, verse too. A fat Kanye motherfucker. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. I think Kanye actually almost pulled that track because uh because Nicki Minaj's verse was better. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to rumor, him for leaving it though. I heard about I heard a rumor about that, but man, I, I can't even describe that. The runway. Runaway is hands down my favorite track on there. Probably one of my favorite songs of the decade. Probably one of my favorite Kanye tracks, period. My favorite on there, I think, is Blame Game with John Legend. Blame Game. Oh, so the hard. fucking Chris Rocket like <laughs> yeah. skit on there. Yeah, when, when, easy when it starts, taught me. <laughs> when, when it starts to like go like fade back and forth between the left and the right speaker when he's rapping oh. on that dude, that shit was amazing. Easy taught me. Isn't who, there like a million people the- featured on all the lights? Pretty sure there's like a hundred fucking singers that all sing on that song. Probably is, man. I think he had a whole choir for that song, if I'm not mistaken. I gotta look that, up. Look that up right now. Devil in a New Dress is a dope song, oh, too. Oh, is it the one with uh, Rick Ross? Yes. That's a yes, great it song. Is. That's a great song. Yes, it is. Yeah, you will not, as much as I talk shit about Kanye these days, you will not hear me talk any shit about this album. God, I was, man, beautiful. I fucking love this album. Like, it just was a beautiful album start to finish, man. Like, I can listen to it and not skip. This is one of the few albums I always, like, jump all over the place with certain things. This is one of the few albums I can listen to and just not skip one fucking song yeah because it's up. so good so appalled with uh with swiss beats and rizzo one and shit the, yeah. oh, man, that, really care, that one yeah um let me see who did all the production oh man stack selector was on this album madlib was on this album premiere was on this what album song did, what song did stack selector do let me see here oh uh, no 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 well no he was in sessions with him I okay madlibs did do that. five beats for the album though Mad but, did? but they were and they were looks like Madlib did five beats for the album while DJ Premier said he did beats but they were discarded 
crazy. Yeah. I'm trying to find I'm this. I'm trying to figure out how crazy that shit would have been. Um, all, what the hell is it? Is it called All of the Lights? All of the Lights, yeah. Dude, uh, speaking of All of the Lights, I'm actually glad you mentioned that, Neil. Uh-huh. One thing I love about that, the beginning with the, with the violin. Yeah. The violin intro to All of the Lights. Like, you can't, I can't even listen to All of the Lights without hearing that first. I think we played it, like, we were at a New Year's party or something like that, and we played that, and I'm like, dude, I can't even listen to this song without hearing the intro to that first. But yeah, this this album, just start to finish, man, was one of my favorite, it is my favorite album of the decade, one of my favorite albums overall. Yeah, that is definitely an insane, insane... Let me look at the sales of this bad oh, boy here. here. Actually, yeah. no, let's look at the charts. <laughs> all right, so, all of the lights had, listen to all these people that sing on it, it had... Rihanna, Alicia Keys, John Legend, The Dream, Fergie, Kid Cudi, Elton John, Ryan Leslie, Charlie Wilson, Tony Williams, and LaRue. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's fucking crazy, dude. Oh, and Justin Vernon from fucking, uh, uh, Jesus, why am I drawing a blank? Um, Bon Iver. Man, that is insane. Uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy debuted at number one on the Billboard oh, 200, sure and eventually sold one over 1.3 million copies in the United States. That it was, it hasn't sold more than that. I'm surprised it hasn't gone. Like, no, that was probably. Let me see when yeah, that, that shit. Might, yeah, that could be. Let, that that shit's close to diamond by now. I guarantee. It's got to be. There's no way in hell that's like 1.3. I'm like that scene. That's low. And um, while you're looking that up, I'll go ahead, since we're running pretty long as it is right now. Um, It's not necessarily my number one album of the thing, because I didn't really put mine in order like that. I just did two of of each year, like I said. But my second pick from 2010, which is another album I spent so much time with, and it's another one of those ones that at first... I didn't know how I felt about it, and then the more I listened to it, the more I loved it, and now I still rock it all the time to this day, and that is Gorilla's Plastic Beach. Great, um, great album. It's such a good album. A lot of people think that Demon Days is their favorite, but honestly, I think this is my favorite. Demon Days is my favorite. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is amazing, um, but I think this is my favorite. I don't know. Start to finish, it really introduced me to a lot of artists I didn't know before. Um, you had It started off with that strong intro with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> which is so great to me that welcome to the world of the plastic beach um but you had de la soul on there who has now kind of become almost a staple in gorillas music they've been on a bunch of their songs you had bobby womack rest in peace bobby womack um on the track with it was bobby womack and most deaf on that track together you had a song with lou reed on there you had um uh, who else was on there? Little Dragon. It was the first time I ever heard Little Dragon's music. And that song, I think it's called Empire Eyes, is like one of my favorites on that uh, record. And then you had Rhinestone Eyes, which is like a super standout track to me. Um, super Fast Jellyfish is great with De La Soul. Um, it's just a really, really well put together album. And it's one of those ones that flows perfectly, like I've mentioned on a lot of them. I think that's a kind of like a, a theme I've noticed of my own is the ones that you can just put on and it just flows perfectly together that's my favorite kind of album where you don't need to skip around songs and kind of sometimes if you skip around it doesn't make sense to listen to the album that way which i kind of like um start to finish it's like a solid hour of music um they i really am kind of pissed at myself i never didn't get tickets to go see that live when they did it because they tour with like a million musicians and they just had like 
all these people on stage. And that, I think this is the first album where they st- abandoned using the cartoons. They used to be behind screens and it would just be the cartoons the gorillas used when they were starting off. And this is when Damien Albron started um, actually performing live in front of people with this huge ass band and orchestra and all that. And um, I mean, this is, I mean, this album is just phenomenal. Um, sweepstakes oh. with most deaf is crazy. And he brought out, and when he did it live too, he brought all these people on tour with him. Like I was watching this interview with Damien Albrown where he's talking about um, how he barely made any money off the gorillas music because he had like 10 tour buses of musicians everywhere they went because he just wanted to make that experience for people. And, and he really wasn't worried about the money. It was more about just the art for him. Um, cause he, I mean, if you don't know him, he's also got, uh, blur was, was his music as well. So he had already made some money off that. And I mean, I just, I think everything that gorillas I does is really creative. Gorillas live. Me too, I man. Next time they come, to, we should like, definitely catch them. I just, just the, like the hologram projections and everything. I feel like it would be such a It'd dope show. It'd be crazy. I'm, I know Nora used to, Nora, my good friend Nora had seen them. Uh, I, I might've been off this album. I think this is when they saw him, but she said it was just like unbelievable. Like it's just an incredible experience. Real quick. Uh, going back to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Just yeah. to, so it is sort of as of April 18th, 2018, it is certified double platinum. Okay. About two million shipments. One interesting fact about this album. I just read and I find this hilarious. So it debuted a number one and, and with a 496,000 copy. sold in the U S mm-hmm. guess what the number two album was Ooh. that actually got blocked. Oh. Yeah, w- Nicki Minaj, Pink Friday. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That was a pretty good album, too. I like it. It was a good album, actually. Um, it's just funny because, like, she put her album out and then she had that a monster ass verse on Monster. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, there you go, guys. That that's, is that's our, our list. Top 20 albums of the decade. Wow, that took like about three hours because we did that in parts. So, yeah, um, we're about an hour 40 uh, right now. I'll be posting the audio for part one um, either later this evening or tomorrow morning. And then this one will get around to you uh, sometime next week. Um, yeah, that was uh, it's fun doing that stuff. I love the rear end wrap up review stuff and the best of the decades. I think me and Eman are in agreement that uh, Kendrick won the decade for us. Kendrick won the decade musically. Clearly, Drake won an album. So, oh, for sure, big time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Drake- as, a, as an MC and actually overall musician, I would say, but. Yep. And next week, we'll be back with the regular format where we'll be running our something old, something new, this day in music, all that good stuff. We got three giant albums that came out to talk about that we were probably could have talked about now, but we are We are way <laughs> the flip over uh, right now. <laughs> so I'm going to end this el- or, um, podcast with an artist that I really, really love that you may not have heard of so far. Her name is Madison McFerrin. I think I might have played one song early on in the podcast days in one of our first couple episodes. But um, she's actually the daughter of Bobby McFerrin, who is famous for singing Don't Rain Worry, Be Dro- Happy. Was it? No, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Yeah, okay, I thought um, it was Raindrops. Who does that? I don't know. I have no idea. Raindrops keep <laughs> falling on my head. I thought that was definitely Bobby not. McFerrin. No, definitely not. I don't think so. Might be. Yeah, there's no way that could be him. That would be interesting. Uh, BJ Thomas. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Madison McFerrin is the daughter of Bobby McFerrin, and she makes her own really soulful sexy kind of uh soul music um she also has a really talented uh brother that makes great jazz music named taylor mcfarren he's a jazz bassist um who um i like a lot too but madison mcfarren's music just puts me in a really happy headspace man it's like really beautiful and soulful and i was walking around detroit yesterday because i had the day off and the 
because my back is hurt and the doctors told me I need to be walking around because that's how you heal a back injury, I guess. <laughs> um, and so I was listening to a lot of her music and I came across this song that just made me happy. So I decided I'll end the podcast with that. Real and- quick, before we end it, shout out to uh, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas oh, yeah. City Chiefs. Going to the Super Bowl. Going to the Super Bowl. And then I found a run really quick factoid mm. uh, with Patrick Mahomes going to the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. He w- Before he was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, the Detroit Tigers actually drafted him for baseball. Because really? he was a baseball player. I didn't know that. Detroit Tigers actually drafted him before the Kansas City Chiefs did. So with that happening... The Detroit Tigers have drafted more Super Bowl quarterbacks than the Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. That's a great fact. I love that. That's funny as hell. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, without wasting any more of your guys' time, here is No Time to Lose by Madison McFerrin. I hope you guys have a great day and evening, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. So why are you here waiting? I don't understand why you think I am contemplating On ways for you to love again Everything that you're missing Saying a premonition Got you a change in your mind Boy, stop your reminiscing Cause I won't play the fool again Every day you're gone Every day I move on Cause it is plain to see That you weren't meant for me Cause I Like you didn't think of everything before letting me out of sight Cause now you're like, can I come around? Say you're missing the sound of my everyday You can stay away cause I, I, I ain't got the time to Oh,